Welcome back to the Hemingway List podcast. Podcast of awesomeness. We're talking about book 14, chapter 8. What is your understanding of the argument between Denisov and Dolokhov regarding French prisoners? And how do you think Petya will get on with Dolokhov? Will he be a bad influence on the young soldier? I think he's already been a bad influence on him. And the argument between them, what do I, what's my understanding... Um, Denisov is trying to show the French prisoners some mercy by sending them off to the camp. Dolokhov is saying you should just kill them because sending them off to the camp, most of them don't make it anyway. They die on the way there, which is worse than just being killed up front, apparently. Um, And that's his argument. I think it's also, he's just sort of denying him the mercy as well. He doesn't think they deserve that mercy of being spared. I don't know. Angel of the Dawn says, Since when has Dolokhov ever been anything but a great influence on those around him? I'm sure this will go well. <laughs> yep, should be fine. Twisted Every Way says, It sounds like Dolokhov mistreats his prisoners, possibly even killing them. Denisov sends them back to headquarters, I assume, but eventually they will starve and die anyway. Denisov just feels better about it because it's not by his hand. I think Dolokhov's point is that either way, if the French captured one of them, they'd be strung up no matter how they treat prisoners. Poor Petra, another Rostov, has fallen into the clutches of Dolokhov. Dolokhov. He's a, he's one of those people who's just, it's just dangerous to be around him. He is a bad influence and you're going to end up doing something something wrong probably gambling away all your money or or um you know tying a bear to a policeman four lost souls in a bowl says if that's what's grown up famous men think then it must be so it must be right oh sweet naive picture i'm really worried for him going off with that creep crap weasel dolokov but this is also the most interested i've been in reading in a couple of weeks yeah i've just realized um during yesterday's chapter that um, yeah, there's a scene coming up I don't know if it's in the next few chapters or yeah, I think it must be it's probably in book 14 I would guess but there is a scene coming up which was awesome and um, the players are all here you know the scene is set um, and I kind of realised it reading yesterday's when Dolokhov rocked up and Denisov and Petya and I went oh I remember this bit uh, and it's really it's a really good bit of the book so that's awesome uh, I don't know if it, we're quite into that bit yet but it is upcoming what I mean to say is I don't think today's chapter is the thing that I'm thinking of but it must be must be soon all right um let's read shall we chapter what are we up to nine god time flies all right having put on french great coats and shakos petcha and dolokhov rode to the clearing from which denisov had reconnoitered reconnoitered what the heck does that word mean Recon, reconnoitered i have to search that reconnoitered make a military observation of a region reconnoiter 
reconnoitred the French camp, and emerging from the forest in pitch darkness, they descended into the hollow. On reaching the bottom, Dolokhov told the Cossacks accompanying him to wait here, uh, sorry, to await him there, and rode on at a quick trot along the road to the bridge. Petra, his heart in his mouth with excitement, rode by his side. If we're caught, I won't be taken alive. I have a pistol, whispered he. Sorry, I want to write down that word, reconnoitred, because it's cool. I reckon it's the kind of word you be able to use in a literary way. Tolstoy has used it in a... Um, literal way, but I would use it in a literary way. Uh, okay. Um, Dolokhov told the Cossacks accompanying him to await him there and rode on a quick trot along the road to the bridge. Petra, his heart in his mouth with excitement, rode by his side. If we're caught, I won't be taken alive. I have a pistol, whispered he. Don't talk Russian, said Dolokhov in a hurried whisper. And at that moment, they heard through the darkness the challenge, quivi, and the click of a musket. Who goes there? The blood rushed to Petra's face and he grasped his pistol. Lancia's dear six me replied Dolokhov, neither hastening nor slackening his horse's pace. Lancers of the 6th Regiment. The black figure of a sentinel stood on the bridge. Morph de Audrey. Password. Dolokhov reined in his horse and advanced at a walk. Dit stong le colonel Gerardus Ishi, he asked. Tell me, is Colonel Gerard here? Morph de Audrey, repeated the sentinel, barring the way and not replying. Corn on officer Fesseron, Le Centinella, blah blah blah, French words, I'll read the English translation. <laughs> when an officer is making his round, sentinels don't ask him for the password. I am asking you if the colonel is here, cried Dolokhov, suddenly flaring up and riding straight at the sentinel. And without waiting for an answer from the sentinel, who stepped aside, Dolokhov rode up to up the incline at a walk. Noticing the blackout's line of a man crossing the road, Dolokhov stopped him and inquired where the commander and officers were. The man, a soldier with a rack, with a sack over his shoulder, stopped, came close up to Dolokhov's horse, touched it with his hand and explained simply and in a friendly way that the commander and the officers were higher up the hill to the right in the courtyard of the farm, as he called the landowner's house. Having ridden up the road, on both sides of which French could be heard around the campfires, Dolokhov turned into the courtyard of the landowner's house. Having ridden in, he dismounted and approached a big blazing campfire around which sat several men talking noisily. Something was boiling in a small cauldron at the edge of the fire, and a soldier in a peaked cap and a blue overcoat lit up by the fire was kneeling beside it, stirring its contents with a ramrod. Oh, he's a hard nut to crack, said one of the officers, who was sitting in the shadow at the other side of the bar. He'll make them get a move on those fellows, said another, laughing. Both self fell silent, peering out through the darkness at the sound of Dolokhov's and Petch's steps as they advanced to the fire, leading their horses. Bonjour, messieurs. Good day, gentlemen, said Dolokhov, loudly and clearly. There was a stir among the officers. In the shadow beyond the fire, and one tall, long-necked officer walking around the fire came up to Dolokhov. Is that you, Clement? he asked. Where the devil? But 
Noticing his mistake, he broke off short and with a frown greeted Dolokhov as a stranger, asking what he could do for him. Dolokhov said that he and his companion were trying to overtake their regiment, and addressing the company in general, asked whether they knew anything of the 6th Regiment. None of them knew anything, and Petya thought the officers were beginning to look at him and Dolokhov with hostility and suspicion. For some seconds, all were silent. If you were counting on the evening soup, you've come too late, said a voice from behind the first, behind the fire with a repressed laugh. Dolokhov replied that they were not hungry and must push on farther up that night. He handed the horses over to the soldier who was stirring the pot and squatted down on his heels by the fire beside the officer with the long neck. That officer did not take his eyes off Dolokhov and again asked to what regiment he belonged. Dolokhov, as if he had not heard the question, did not reply, but lighting a short French pipe which he took from his pocket, began asking the officer in how far the road before them was safe from Cossacks. Those brigands are everywhere, replied an officer from behind the fire. Dolokhov remarked that the Cossacks were a danger only to stragglers, such as his companion and himself, but probably they would not dare to attack large detachments, he added inquiringly. No one replied. Well, now he'll come away, Petya thought every moment as he stood by the campfire listening to the talk. But Dolokhov restarted the conversation, which he had dropped, and began putting direct questions as to how many men there were in the battalion, how many battalions, and how many prisoners. Asking about the Russian prisoners with that detachment, Dolokhov said, a horrid business, dragging these corpses about with one. It would be better to shoot such rabble, and burst into la loud laughter, so strange that Petya thought the French would immediately detect their disguise and involuntarily took a step back from the campfire, no one replied a word to Dolokhov's laughter, and a French officer whom they could not see, he lay wrapped in a great coat, rose and whispered something to a companion. Dolokhov got up and called to the soldier who was holding their horses. Will they bring our horses or not? thought Petya, instinctively drawing nearer to Dolokhov. The horses were brought. Good evening, gentlemen, said Dolokhov. Petya wished to say good night, but could not utter a word. The officers were whispering together. Dolokhov was a long time mounting his horse, which would not stand still. Then he rode out of the yard at a foot pace. Petya rode beside him, longing to look round to see whether or not the French were running after them, but not daring to. Coming out of, onto the road, Dolokhov did not ride back across the open country, but through the village. At one spot he stopped and listened. Do you hear? he asked. Petya recognised the sound of Russian voices and saw the dark figures of Russian prisoners round the campfires. When they had descended to the bridge, Petya and Dolokhov rode past the sentinel, who, without saying a word, paced morosely up and down it. Then they descended into the hollow where the Cossacks awaited them. Well now, by that. Goodbye. Tell Denisov at the first shot at day daybreak, said Dolokhov, and was about to ride away, but Petya seized hold of him. Really, he cried. You're such a hero. Oh, how fine, how splendid, how I love you. All right, all right, said Dolokhov. But Petya did not let go of him, and Dolokhov saw through the gloom that Petya was bending towards him and wanted to kiss him. Dolokhov kissed him, laughed, turned his horse, and vanished into the darkness. I feel like that line would be very different in a modern novel. Him b bending forward and wanting to kiss him, 
and him kissing him back would have been um, well it's not as scandalous as it sounds I think it's just a very Russian thing to do alright that's that chapter Dolokhov has balls of steel and I will see you tomorrow